glad you're with us. Let's talk a little Cowboy football, shall we? As we welcome into the program, R.J. Ochoa from Blogging the Boys and ESPN San Antonio. R.J., uh, let's start with the good stuff. Dak Prescott back on the practice field. Yeah, I don't think there's uh, anything else worth celebrating more than that. I mean, obviously, uh, it's been a busy week for the Dallas Cowboys, but to have that be something that ultimately came out of it is a really positive thing. It, it's always made sense that uh, as the Cowboys began their preparations for week one of the Buccaneers, that Dak Prescott would be back in totality. And, um, you know, it just it took some time, and that time gave uh, some people some idle hands and some, some chance to check if the sky was falling. But uh, it seems that all is well, thankfully. I, tr- I tried to tell Ward that the sky wasn't falling. He just wouldn't listen, RJ. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at the game coming up on Sunday against Jacksonville, we were talking this is a, a job interview for a lot of guys on this field, not only for the Cowboys or a practice spot on the Cowboys roster, also the other 32 teams. Is that what this game is all about for almost everybody across the NFL on Sunday? Yeah, I think, you know, you hate to call it a meaningless game because, you know, and, and I, I I know we, we all kind of feel this way too. I know you guys have such a great uh, history with high school football, but it kind of feels like the, the last high school game, you know, the season for, for teams that are not going to the playoffs and things like that. Because for some of them, you know, those seniors, it's the last time they, they're ever going to play professional football, right? And, and for some of these guys, you know, that's the negative end of the spectrum is that this is the last time that they're ever going to have a chance for this and it's not going to work out and that's really unfortunate. And that's why the stakes are high. The, the Ben DiNucci's of the world, I know he's uh, been under quite the magnifying glass. I mean, these guys really have to prove it, like you said, to the Cowboys, to everybody else, I mean, to, to everywhere. You know, if they wind up playing in the CFL, if they wind up playing in, you know, whatever the XFL looks like when it ever does return. I mean, this is an opportunity to really kind of put a lot of good film of yourself out there, and uh, those opportunities don't come around all too often. Is the, uh, is the competition, or is there competition – for the for the true backup spot at quarterback for the Cowboys is is or is Garrett Gilbert is it Garrett Gilbert's job? I mean, does Cooper Rush have a chance? I mean, you know, it's a position the Cowboys have approached with um, a, a bit of hubris, maybe a bit of ignorance uh, this offseason, especially given the events of the last twelve months. Um, but I mean. Cooper Rush has technically been the Cowboys backup before, and so he's, he's obviously got some experience in that capacity. I don't think that Garrett Gilbert is in the running anymore. And so if, if the question is, you know, is there a competition among the players that are currently on the team? I don't think so. I think Cooper Rush is clearly the choice of the coaching staff of those players. But for a long time, people have said that, the you know ultimately the QB2 for the Cowboys isn't on their team right now. It's somebody that's on a different team. But I just don't know that any team is going to let go of somebody so valuable that you would feel comfortable handing the reins to him in the middle of a regular season game. So it does seem like it is Cooper Rush's job to lose, uh, which is, you know, I, I mean, does that inspire confidence if you're a Cowboys fan? No. I mean, this is they, they literally watched their season completely fall apart because of a lack of, you know, proper depth at quarterback last year. And they amended that by doing absolutely nothing at the position, which is uh, a little bit crazy. RJ, for Jalen Smith, is this a make or break, I guess, last couple of weeks for him? I mean, is there a possibility that this guy ends up either being traded or just flat out cut for the Cowboys? Or do you think he's got a roster spot solidified for this team? You know, I, I, I hate to be such a pessimist, but I think there's there's no make or break. I think it's already broken. And I think 
you know, the Cowboys are, are having to live with the sins of their past selves um, and, and just kind of, you know, lay in this bed that they made with him. I, I don't know anyone that would trade for him. I don't know why anybody would. I don't know why anybody would absorb his contract for the quality of player he is. It's, you know, it's silly. I mean, he's he is probably the most overpaid maybe player, but definitely linebacker in the NFL relative to the overall contribution he makes on the field with regards to what he's paid. And so, you know, they can't cut him. I mean, you know, you're at, at this point, you're cutting him just to, to be spiteful. And so you have to carry him. And, you know, I, that's a decision that we haven't seen the Cowboys really be capable of making over the last couple of years. It's saying, you know what, we made this contractual error. It's not working out. There's no real out right now, but he can, he can be on the team. He can be a backup. He can come in in situations. And that's something that they don't do. What, you know, they, they're a team and an organization that, you know, has a little bit of nepotism. And, you know, we've seen that in different capacities. Jason Witten comes back and, you know, inhibits the, the growth of Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz. And, you know, it's totally fine. You know, the coaching staff totally fine with that. And granted, that wasn't Mike McCarthy's coaching staff. But, I, I mean, I think that the reality is what the reality is, especially with Michael Parsons playing so well, Jabril Cox really showing up the last couple of games. So the, the wise thing to do would be to carry him, to have him be a leader on the team if he wants to be. But um, I, don't, I don't think the Cowboys are going to be able to fool anybody to pulling him off their hands. All right, uh, now let's talk about some of the, the, the other stuff that we don't want to talk about. Uh, and it's not just in Dallas. It, it appears that it's starting to really creep its head across the league, and, and that's uh, the return of, of COVID to, uh, to these NFL camps. Yeah, you know, I, I really thought that the Dan Quinn situation, well, Dan Quinn and Carlos Watkins last week wasn't made that big of a deal. And, and I'm not trying to, to scream that the sky is falling either, but, I mean, the, the Cowboys defensive coordinator had to leave the game an hour and a half before it started. Um, and, and that literally happened last year, you know, when the Cowboys played the Ravens. Uh, a game that in and of itself was delayed six days because of COVID protocols. Um, Des Bryant, you know, like an hour before the game was, was, you know, ruled ineligible to play because of COVID protocols. And so, um, you know, the Cowboys had six players on the COVID list all of last year. They had six players on the COVID list at one point this week. And so it's tough. And, you know, this is obviously a highly political issue with, the subject of vaccinations and just the way people feel about COVID in general. But it, it does seem like it's not going away, but it does seem like it's maybe a little bit more aggressive, you know, and there's, you know, that now you're getting into like the, the medicine of it all and the science of it all. But in terms of the positive test and the rate at which at least the Cowboys are experiencing it, it is far more aggressive right now than it was at this time last year. And we've obviously seen people who are fully vaccinated test positive and, and the protocol states that they have to be pulled away and things like that. And so, I mean, I, I think we're going to see that. I don't know that we see a wide receiver play quarterback for a team this year, but I think we're absolutely going to see this be a thing all season long for the entire NFL. For the Cowboys, they get Greg Zerline back. Does this help their special teams and they feel more comfortable, even though there is still maybe a few questions about him, but he's at least back on this roster? You know, he really is the the ultimate, you know, ultimate point of John Fossil's belief uh, as a special teams coordinator. The Cowboys had one of the worst special teams groups ever in 2019, and they really improved last year under Bones, and so that's notable. And so um, it's hard to trust something you haven't seen, and so Greg Zerline hasn't been seen, and he should kick on Sunday against Jacksonville. Um, but John Fossil is, is willing to, you know, ride that out, and, and he's earned every reason to be trusted for, by the Cowboys and by Cowboys fans. And so 
Um, right now, you're, it's, I wouldn't say it's a trust fall, but you're, uh, you're definitely in John Toffel's hands. But the Bengals play there nice and safe and strong. And I'm going to take you back to kind of where we were a moment ago. It, when looking at the makeup of this roster right now, is there a spot that they desperately need some help, that they're going to have to go get a, a free agent, a, a guy that got cut, or whatever the case may be? Do they, are they so thin at a spot that they got to go get somebody once, once all these final cuts are made? You can make that argument for QB2. Um, you can make that argument for safety always, like perennially, for the Cowboys. Uh, but I, I'd say tackle. You know, they, they signed Ty Insecki this offseason to be their swing tackle. He hasn't really impressed. Uh, they do have Karen Steele as another option. They also have Brandon Knight as another option. Uh, but they really don't have a, a swing tackle that, you know, you sleep, so, you know, warm and, and soundly, you know, with and, and or over. And so – um, I mean, that's, that's a troubling thing because, you know, A, you know, the, the point we just mentioned, you, you never know when you could lose a player due to COVID protocols. But B, even if that was not a relevant factor at all, but it obviously is, but even if it weren't, Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins missed a combined 30 of 32 games last year. And so that's a really, you know, we're, we're, we're the little piggy building the house of twigs. You know what I mean? Like you, right now we need a house of bricks. Um, you know, because the big bad wolf of, of injuries is going to show up at some point throughout the NFL season. Tyron Smith hasn't played a full season since 2015. So the overwhelming likelihood is that he's going to miss time at a certain point throughout the year. And I don't think they're properly ready for that right now. Um, so that might be the one spot that they really, really, really have to address. And finally, uh, uh, talk a little bit about Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, he, he's, I mean, we've talked so much about the quarterback position and rightfully so. But uh, is, is he going to be ready on Thursday night? You know, I think DeMarcus is, is a really interesting player in the way he's perceived by Cowboys fans. There's a lot of people – because, you know, he plays a position that, that has a really high point of production. People want to see sack numbers. That's, a, that's the one thing they want to see. The Cowboys could be, you know, one in, I guess, 16 now. And if, if he has 15 sacks, he's a successful player. He's obviously, you know, not lived up to the sack totals in terms of, you know, time after he got his big deal with the Cowboys, but he has lived up to it in, in, as far as quarterback pressures, as far as run defense and things like that. And those are harder to see. And so I wouldn't say he's a polarizing player, but he's definitely somebody who garners different opinions. And he's so important. He's without question the best defensive player on the team. And I certainly think he's going to be ready for the season opener. I think the Cowboys were wise with him to kind of take their time, not push him. He's, you know, they don't need to see him in a preseason game against the Houston Texans to know who he is. And so um, he's somebody whose health you have to watch and who you have to stabilize, you know, and, and be cautious of. And, and I certainly think that it's at the, the highest point that it's ever been as far as entering a season at an elite level. And so I, I think he'll probably be ready when the Cowboys get ready to open the season up. R.J. Ochoa blogging the boys in ESPN San Antonio with us here on ESPN Central Texas. And, R.J., your thoughts on Hard Knocks, the uh, third edition came out this week. I, I'll tell you up front, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in the last two episodes. What about you? I'm, I'm such an NFL Films fan. I, I love this stuff. And, like, I, I love every Hard Knocks. And, you know, I can't get enough of it. So I'm, I'm definitely very biased. Um, I really enjoyed this. And, you know, I think part of that is, you know, my job is to create content out of this team. And so they've hooked me up with uh, several hours of the last couple of weeks. Um, I loved it. Like everybody did the drone shot. I thought that was masterful and really interesting. And I, it's been different than recent hard knocks. You know, we've gotten to see a lot of Dak. We've gotten to see a lot of Zeke. 
they they got a, a one-on-one interview with Trayvon Diggs. I, you know, I, Trayvon, since being drafted last year, has only done, I think, like five, you know, press conferences in total. Like, he is a guy that is just never heard from. And so I found that to be really amazing. They got Amari Cooper to wear a mic. Um, so it's definitely been different. And, you know, it's not your classic, you know, player X and Y grinding out for this roster spot. And, and they've shined lights on different players, your Azur Kamara's, your Isaac Alarcon's, your Jaquan Hardy's. Um, overall, I think they've touched on on a lot of different stones, and it's, it's been interesting to see that. And I think part of it is that the Cowboys aren't, you know, playing interesting games, and they've focused on Ben DiNucci, and, and I think he's just kind of a natural punchline. So whatever highs you do experience, you ultimately experience the fall with him. Uh, but, you know, I – I, I think that I learned a lesson when when the Antonio Brown stuff happened with the Raiders. You know, everybody thought like, oh, my gosh, the, the, the next episode of Hard Knocks is going to be amazing. We're going to see all this. And they really didn't touch that. Like, they won't touch these, you know, uh, potentially, you know, inflammatory stories and things like that. It's, it's just about football and football stories and, and families. And so I've, I've definitely enjoyed it. Uh, it's been up there with my favorite seasons, personally. RJ, what are you working on uh, for uh, blogging the boys? Well, we're really excited, obviously, uh, with the season starting now less than two weeks from now. In fact, two weeks from today, the Cowboys will be 1-0. Um, and so we've got, uh, we've got a season preview we're working on, and we've got a 53-man roster prediction that we're dropping on our YouTube channel on Sunday because Tuesday is the day. Uh, we'll have a live show on Tuesday as well to kind of recap all the moves the Cowboys made, explain all the designations that have been applied and whatnot. Uh, it's going to be a hectic couple of days, but – uh, it's the last real hurdle to get through before the season begins, and so we're very pumped for it. RJ Ochoa, blogging the boys in ESPN San Antonio. Hey, man, we uh, we do appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. Of course, guys. Have a great weekend.